This week's podcast brought to you by the letters B and C and the number 200. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Can I read you something to start the show? Please. In 1979, All in the Family, the most popular sitcom of the 1970s, the most popular show of the 1970s, celebrated its 200th episode. Would you like to know how? 1979. Would you like to know how they celebrated? Yes, please. They flew in more than 750 people, including 200 contest winners from 48 states, randomly selected in the drawing for an all-expense-paid trip to Los Angeles. Reportedly, more than 300,000 people had entered the contest. Flown into L.A. on February 17, 1979, treated to a holiday weekend of sightseeing and dinners. The celebration included numerous other fans and supporters of the show and uh, concluded on Monday, February 19th, with a gathering at the Mark Taper Forum for a taping of the special, the special All in the Family, followed by an after-show party at the Los Angeles Music Center attended by the cast. Maybe we should have done that. <laughs> Which part of it? Uh, flown 200. Maybe 1979 you and I should have flown to. No, perhaps we should have flown 200 listeners to Los Angeles. <laughs> to, and then so they could go to the, actually, do they still have the um, All in the Family chair? The Archie at, Bunker uh, chair? Smithsonian. Maybe we should have flown them to Washington, D.C. We could have gotten the 48 states part. We would have not had Delaware, presumably. But, um, but instead, we didn't do that. We what didn't. did what did we do for our special two hundredth uh, episode, Rebecca? Of this is this is we should say this is the bicentennial, the two hundredth episode of the Ball and Chain podcast, and we have prepared what? What have we prepared for for our loyal listeners? What have we rewarded with them with for listening? Some of them completionists for two hundred episodes. Well, you prepared by looking into the history of All in the Family's two hundredth episode. Can, can I can I give a spoiler alert for the viewers? You can nothing. <laughs> Well, isn't that fitting? What do we give them in every episode? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. But 200 after after 199, choking down 199 uh, plates full of nothing. You'd you, think there would be some kind of a dessert course at some point. You think that that would be the time to give them something? Well, Or should we just keep giving them what we've been giving them that they're coming back for? Yeah, uh, well, let's let's uh, put this into some context, okay? We last record we recorded our 199th episode 2 weeks ago, today or tomorrow, I can't remember. I don't remember. Whatever it was, the day after the last podcast came out, say it came out on Wednesday. It may have come out on Thursday. If it wh- whatever it was, within 24 hours of that dropping, uh you were flying to South Carolina. mm mm-hmm. Mhm flying back from South Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, arriving, I think, at like 1 a.m. Yeah. Kicking me out of bed. Yeah. As is your want. Telling me that you were had just tested positive for COVID-19, the pandemic. Yeah. And that was the last time 
because the real victim here is me, that I was uh, that I slept that, that in our you bed. Slept in a bed, not even in our bed. That you slept in a bed. You are still you're you're you do you, you no longer uh, have a viral load, as it were. I, I I don't I don't believe I do. I'm on. I am now on day twelve. Day twelve. Day twelve. America held hostage. Yes. I, I think of it in terms of nights. I'm on, I'm, I'm staring down the barrel of night 13 on the sectional sofa that separates as you sleep on it yeah. so that you feel like a man with one foot on the dock and one foot in a canoe. As it's, I've had dreams of that every night. We should say you're healthy. I'm healthy, yeah. You've been working. I've worked, I worked more in my COVID week than I've worked ev- any other week of the year. I from home. From home. From the home kit, I've, I worked six of the eight days following my COVID-19, <laughs> the pandemic, positive test. Fortunately, I felt really cruddy for 24 hours, but fortunately, after that, I've been feeling fine. So thankfully, the, the vaccine boost worked. And yet, each night you suggest perhaps one more night as a precaution <laughs> that I should sleep on the couch well, and you should sleep in our bed. And, 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 and as of tonight, yeah. the score will be COVID-19, Steve 13. <laughs> so what? Three days after I tested positive, our youngest tested positive. So she and I were quarantining together. And but presumably was uh, had it at the same time you did because... Presumably caught it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it couldn't actually have worked out better in terms of if she was going to get it, it was good that I could take care of her. And if she w- had to quarantine, it was good that she had company because we quarantined f- five days together. And, um, and yeah, and longer than that, it took longer than the five days to get negative tests. So um, she and I have been spending a lot of time together and very little time around the rest of you guys and when we're around you we're masking and doing all of that you're masking right now most of our conversations not that we've had many not that we we have many without unmediated by microphones i think is um it's the only reason we we talk but uh, most of our conversations in the last two weeks have been through a closed door yeah or via text yeah and do you think it's a sort of healthy practice or, or preview of our uh, empty nester uh, years to come. I'll well, hang up and listen. You tell me because didn't you were talking to um, a friend of ours and telling him how you uh, he, had he, not. He been, was envious that I was sleeping yeah, on the couch. Yeah, you said I haven't slept. I've been sleeping on the couch for the last, you know, 10 days or whatever. Two, two friends separately said that. But didn't one of them tell you that, like, because he works at night, that's his existence anyway? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I we were talking about the '50s sitcom uh, phenomenon of of separate beds, the twin beds of the Dick Van Dyke Show, or I don't know that I Love Lucy ever even showed the bedroom, but um, uh, you know, and and even our daughter said, "Hey, you want to you want to switch." I'll take the couch. You know, there's a TV there. I, she could watch TV till she fell asleep, which is sort of the uh, the, the the dream of any any kid. I think. I mean, right. and it's not like you could just go sleep in the bed that our youngest vacated because 
she shares a room with a sibling and sleeps in the top bunk. So it was pretty much the only bed with that a, you couldn't sleep in comfortably. If any of our other kids have been exiled. With a head and footboard. Right. So yeah, you can't fit. Uh, it'd be like being in a shipping crate. Right. So if any of our other kids had been kicked out of their rooms and sent to ours, you you would have been fine to still have a bed, but um, but not in this case. But what what um, what I love, uh, what's I think most special about the the uh, sectional sofa that is that is, you know, when I lie down at night, it's it's Pangea, right? Mm-hmm. The original continent. Yes, yes. And then it separates into separate continents uh, as I sleep. But that's not the special thing about it. What's what's truly special about it, I think, is um, is it's also the I've kicked the dog off that. That's where the dog sleeps, and so it, it's it's suffused with with the dog dander and and dog hair, all of which I'm allergic to. So that um, the sleeping and the sneezing, and the and the the itching and the burning, uh, have have kind of uh, combined with the with the uh, continental drift of the other sections to make every night an adventure. Um, I've slept on that couch before. It was when you know when we first had our our younger dog. Um, I slept on the I've slept on a couple of couches, but. Um, I didn't have that problem because I slept on the different part of that couch. Like there's, there's, as you said, it's a sectional. You, you, it has two you, pieces. So I slept, on, slept the, on the the, on the, the, the bottom rung piece. of the L. No, I slept, I slept on the long. I, I, no, but the, there your feet hang over the the edge. And on the first night of my of my uh, ongoing exile, I was woken up at like five a.m. with one of the dogs licking the bottom of my bare foot, <laughs> wondering why you were sleeping on. Her bed, right? Presumably, Pres- or, or 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 wondering if I was still alive, and I was wondering the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I apologize because don't apologize for COVID nineteen the pandemic. COVID certainly threw a few. Um, I don't even know what at us, um, and you bore the brunt of everything. You had to no. do all the driving. You had to do all the trips to the grocery store. You had to do anything that required not only leaving the house but leaving. The room that I was in, you had to do, and you uh, you did it valiantly. Promise me that my headstone <laughs> will say, "He bore the brunt of my COVID." No, no, just bore the brunt. He bore the brunt. <laughs> okay, I promise. Um, no, I, I didn't. And, and the only reason I bring any of this up is is to excuse us for as, not as, having as, an as extravaganza. As a, excuse. It's a doctor's note. For it not is. having flown in 200 uh, contest winners to Los Angeles for a 200th podcast episode. The 200th episode of South Park, incidentally, um, uh, got... Uh, they got to meet the cast? No, they, 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 <laughs> they, the creators received death threats for it. I think it had to do with um, some religious uh, controversy. But... Uh, Born 200 years ago, then, then I'll abandon this, okay? Mm-hmm. This 200 theme. Harriet Tubman, Ulysses S. Grant, Louis Pasteur, Rutherford B. Hayes, and Hartford's own Frederick Law Olmsted, who designed Central Park, where, um, where I proposed to you while, while you lay uh, supine on a, on a blanket 
Well, 200 years. 200. 200. No, not 200 years since the proposal. No, no. But 200 years since all of those people were born. You said that's their birth year, right? You say that as if uh, Rutherford B. Hayes doesn't seem like a day over 95. Has it already been 200 years since... um, I don't know. Like Harriet Tubman, maybe because she didn't feel like that much of a... um, I don't know. It felt like when I was learning about her in elementary right. school, it, she felt more recent than now, 200 well, years ago. In, in fairness, when you were learning about her in elementary school, <laughs> she was more recent. Yes, fair enough. And my final 200 thing, when, it, when you think of the number 200, I was thinking, are there any uh, songs that immediately, where the number 200 immediately comes to mind? And I heard one in the car. Queen, Freddie Mercury, Don't Stop Me Now, 200 Degrees, that's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering if you would call me from now on Mr. Fahrenheit. Since since we have a 200th episode, you want me to call you Mr. Fahrenheit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Done. <laughs> is, is that a no? Sure. No, it's a yes. Okay. In celebration of our 200th episode... I did something completely out of the ordinary this morning. Went to the grocery store. Um, What's left of it anyway. I mean, the aisles, it still makes me laugh to see how the poor people who are working there have like maneuvered and pushed stuff in their best attempt to make it look like the aisles or the shelves aren't empty in certain places. Like we've done that. When we've been at the grocery store. Well, we've store. arranged plates to look like there's more food on oh, it than yeah, there is. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. When, when or presents under short. the Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Um, but, like, you wouldn't think that it'd be hard to find granola bars. And, you know, like, and I'm thrilled then when, you know, I find one or two boxes left. But this is the one that got me. Having nothing to do with this, the how the, it, the shelves are stocked. Got some seltzer. Some Polar brand seltzer. But not just... Seltzer. Uh, oh, Worcester's own. Premium seltzer. It says on the box, premium seltzer. What does that even mean? Like, I understand I that there's premium brands of booze, but premium bubbly flavored water. What is what is the brand? What is, what food do you think of most uh, modified by the word premium? I, I have one in mind. Having no idea that you're going to say this. Premium, premium saltines. <laughs> that's true. Premium. I mean, what is it? What is a what is a what is a middle of the road saltine? Oh. Something you would enjoy with a with a middle of the road seltzer water, I suppose. I, I suppose. I just when I, when I first saw that, and I've gotten seltzer plenty. This is just the first time I've noticed it, so I don't know if it's a more recent um, addition to the packaging to write the word premium on there. I don't know what marketing person said. Let's throw premium on there. It's going to make more people buy this brand of seltzer. Um, but I just thought it was a smidge ridiculous. But that's uh, Worcester Mass's own uh, Polar What's brand. Own? Worcester Mass. That's Polar's. Polar's in Worcester Mass? Headquartered in Worcester, yes. Now, it's also occurring to me while you were talking that uh, this is a symbiotic relationship because while I bore the brunt, <laughs> yes, you bore the runts. That's lovely. <laughs> so now what, Rebecca? Do you want to talk about where you've been the last couple of weeks? Any any adventures in travel? Did you leave the room? Did you ever 
uh, I, I left venture down to the kitchen. I, ve- I left the, the bedroom where, where I was quarantining with our youngest to go to your office, which is right below the bedroom, because that's where the live from home kit is. Did a variety, did games, for, for studio, pe- for people who aren't free com- agency specials. For people who aren't completely uh, immersed, self-absorbed in, uh, right. television, uh, Ted Baxter types, what is the work from home kit? Okay, I th- the most people, who, from most home people kit, who, the LFH. Most people who work from home don't require a kit, but right. you, you tell me. I, I I think we've talked about this before, but it, but maybe not. And 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 for the non-completionists, I don't know. Last summer, the it's, beginning of last summer, it's the equipment required to to yeah, broadcast. Yeah, beginning of from last home. summer, somebody from ESPN came and 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 installed the equipment needed in a giant aluminum suitcase, yes. the kind that you would accidentally switch with somebody who had a, a suitcase full of cash at the airport in a spy movie. Yes. They set it up, and it's a big monitor. It's a headset for when I'm calling a game. Um, and then there's also, like, a, a, a lapel mic that you use if you're doing a studio show with an earpiece, and there's a computer that goes along with it. You have to call these different numbers, log into different Zooms, depending on what game or show you're doing. Can you use the lapel mic in the absence of a lapel, <laughs> I, I I don't think I think I've used it exclusively in the absence of a lapel. Nothing um, nothing uh, signals the decline of of uh, people dressing like adults than the 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 fact that the the mic is called a lapel mic when nobody has worn a lapel right in in decades. Oh, I thought you were gonna. Um, Say something about me calling these games, you know, with my hair and makeup done and in my, you know, blouse or top on and my like comfiest, coziest, rattiest sweatpants that, of course, nobody can see. That too. That was my second. Uh... Yeah. But anyway, so you uh, you did occasionally make forays out of the bedroom, come to the kitchen. You you, you do that from our home office, so the only other place that has closed doors besides the bedroom. So I would vacate that for you to do your games. When you would come to the kitchen, I would repair to the office. When you would come to the office, I would repair to the kitchen. Um, it's been an interesting, or maybe not interesting, but game of, of cat and mouse, of, of avoiding one another. Yes. Which I think you've enjoyed. Part of it I have. <laughs> <laughs> what, one of the things our daughter and I have have done a lot is play a, game, a card game called skip bow s-k-i-p-b-o our daughter's 11 and it's an absolute blast it's a game she can easily play but you can be competitive with one another and it's um it's super fun we've really enjoyed it we're, we're going to continue playing it even even now that we're out of quarantine but if uh, if you're a parent of a kid around that age i highly recommend the card game Skip bow, and she and I have sat uh, in the same room. Both of us wearing K K is it KN ninety five? You know, there's a there was a Twin Cities radio station KS ninety five when I was a kid. Maybe there still the is. Kiss, did they call it? Or they call it Kiss ninety five? They probably did. Yeah, uh, KS ninety five, and and I w- always want to call it a KS ninety five mask. But we were so we were in our KS ninety five masks, and um, we started watching um, the, and ridiculing Shark Tank show where people come on and pitch their their products and the uh, five rich people poo-poo them or or try to rip them off to invest in them and um we were enjoying it but i enjoyed nothing so much as when she came in the other day and said in her in her ks95 mask and said uh, dad you want to kn95 do you want do you want to 
Do you want to mock some Shark Tank? <laughs> Is that what she yes. said? I said, absolutely. Let's do it. Oh, that's perfect. My last thought on this whole uh, COVID-19, the pandemic uh, scenario of the last couple of weeks was the benefit of, of sleeping on the couch. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so uncomfortable that I've been unable to sleep, and, and therefore I've taken in a lot of late-night TV. And last night, and I'm not making this up, I watched an episode of Heart to Heart. Heart to Heart. Starring Robert Wagner and Stephanie Powers. And they traveled to uh, an were island. They married detectives? Yes. Okay. They were married detectives. They traveled to an island off the coast of France where uh, they checked into a hotel and somebody was trying to murder them. And uh, I, I mean, I, I couldn't look away. It was it was the production value and the kind of uh, action scenes do not quite measure up to what what is now this sort of golden age of of premium premium television to go with your premium saltines, but that somehow made it better, and yeah. and uh, even after I go back to, to my bed at some point. I have a feeling I'm I'm going to have to be DVRing or staying up for midnight showings of heart to heart. You know what's funny is I remember my mom would watch Dallas um, and would let me watch it with her and that was followed by Falcon Crest and she would let me watch that with her. She never was never watched Heart to Heart. Did she watch Dynasty? And so I um no, she didn't watch Dynasty either. She was Dallas Falcon Crest, no Dynasty, no Heart to Heart. If she was still alive, I could ask her, like, what what was going on with this? Maybe it was the night of the week that was on. Maybe it was well, the channel it was it, on. It I was, don't know. It, it was the golden age of, this is like early 80s, late 70s of, and I know producer Denny Gallagher is a, is a big fan of his as well, of when the ABC announcer voice was Ernie Anderson, father of director Paul Thomas Anderson. And he would say, you know, tonight on dynasty and that was a voice that was seared into my my conscience as a kid uh and perhaps yours too you don't know what i'm talking about do you you would recognize his voice instantly well going to google just helped me solve solve it so dallas and falcon crest falcon crest was run right after dallas on sunday nights dynasty was on during the week it was on, this says Wednesday, and then moved to Thursday. So right there. That's why I was able to watch Dallas and Falcon Crest. It was a week weekend. Granted, there was school the next day, but there wasn't school that day. And those other shows were midweek. So we weren't watching TV midweek. We were too busy. What Do you remember? Was there anything you, you remember your mom or dad watching? Like The only thing my dad I remember my dad watching was the news and sports. But like After my dad got home from work. Uh, and we ate dinner. Whatever it must have been, six thirty, um, because seven o'clock was the start of prime time in the Midwest. Was Family Feud with Richard Dawson, and for a while there, for, there was a long stretch there where where we would watch Family Feud. My dad would just horse laugh at the uh, at the idiots on Family Feud. I mean, you know, for us, television watching was as much about. Uh, making ridicule, fun of Shark Tank. Making fun of Shark Tank, um, ridiculing the news anchors. Uh, my dad would talk back to the TV after after a long day of work. You know, 
uh, I may have mentioned this before. He, you know, the police. He 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 would finish the sentences of the of the anchorman. You know, um, and he, he you know they, they would say you know uh, there's a there's a, a nationwide manhunt, and then my dad would say, for the guy who gave me this haircut, he would he would finish in the voice of the anchorman. You know, mocking that person in some way, mm-hmm. which I found endearing. I noticed that when I first watched TV with your dad, and I noticed it watching TV with you, and I remember thinking. Don't these what, guys what, ever just like listen to the news? Don't they ever just like listen to the show without mocking it? I don't think you ever have gone was, even a half hour episode of anything. I don't think you've ever watched it and just listened we, and not we, mocked. We were Statler and Waldorf uh, of the Muppet Show, but and now you and our daughter, our youngest, now, are Statler now, and Waldorf now I'm during the, Shark Tank. Now, now I'm the age and have the visage. Of both Statler and Waldorf right. combined, but Heart to Heart, if I may, premiered. Its pilot, pilot episode aired uh, in August of '79, but it's the first episode proper aired on my 13th birthday, September 22nd, 1979. I wasn't. What I wasn't, night of the I wasn't week? Watching it. Say? I wasn't watching it, but what night of the week was was September 22nd, 1979? Uh, let's, let's, no, no, let's ask no. Mr. Google. What night of the week did Heart to Heart air? I, I, I don't remember. I have no idea. That was a Saturday night. So chances are at age 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, any time between age 13 and uh, age 35, I would have been home on a Saturday night watching TV. There you go. Well, we've got a lot of viewer mail to get through, a lot of uh, uh uh, Bicentennial-related viewer mails, I think, as well, to judge by the headers of these emails. So uh, shall we get uh, a lot of disappointed viewers, I think, are going to be a... I don't think they're going to be that A tingle with anticipation of what we're going to do for uh, our Bicentennial, and then it turns out this. Um, but shall we get to viewer mail? We shall. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Hello, Restiva, writes, Restivia, writes uh, John with no H. Just a follow-up from uh, my email regarding left-handed people and my mother's left-handed in-home business from the 70s and 80s. You remember that, Rebecca, do, right? There's a left-handed yes. shoehorn, I think, that we were puzzled <laughs> I believe over. you're right, yes. She also sold notebooks for lefties. The spiral was on the, the top right side, or yes. right side versus the left side. As most lefties curve their hands and wrists when they write, if the spiral is at the top or right side, they can use proper form. They do. Why, why did lefties curl curl like that when they write? Because if you don't, you smudge all the no, ink. No, no. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that makes or, sense. Or or it's because it's a spiral notebook and there's nowhere to rest your well, hand. Well, John says when the spirals were on the right side, the three-hole punch and lines were still on the left side. Then came out the non-spiral with the perforated-only notebooks. That put her out of business. Not really because there wasn't much of a demand back then. She also sold more than the green lefty scissors. She sold lefty adult orange-handled scissors and sewing scissors. Yeah, my mom had my mom was lefty, and she had um, the sewing scissors because, of course, sewing scissors you have to be able to cut through fabric, and when you're a lefty, you need lefty ones. The pencils my mother merged with my, the pencils my mother merged with her name on them may have been number two, but didn't have the number on them. They just had her company name, and that is where the teachers weren't sure. Uh, there are different grades of pencils other than number two. The numbers indicate the hardness or softness of the graphite core. You got that, Rebecca? Why would you make anything other than a number two? The number two pencil is the U.S. designation for preferred hardness, which is a medium-grade pencil. A number one pencil is softer, so it leaves a darker line, but it wears down faster. Hmm. I think maybe if you're doing a drawing you know, or something, sketching along the Seine in a beret with a baguette, 
in the uh, saddlebag of your bicycle, you might be using a number one pencil. <laughs> Maybe. Sorry for this boring information. Not at all. On pencils and left-handed products, I just thought it was a bit interesting. Brought back memories of my great childhood growing up in the 70s and 80s when it was a simpler time versus now with the social media, Snapchat, and glued to mobile. 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 Depends. Is it a home or a device? Well, it depends. A mobile home, a mobile device. Or, or if it's a city in Alabama, mobile. Uh, true. Can you give us an update on the dogs? How is the puppy getting along with the older dog? By the time you read this, we'll have already had the nor'easter, or it passed to the east of us. Well, it de- definitely didn't pass to the east of us. If the storm hits us in CT New England, I hope your snow removal goes smoothly and there are no power outages. Um, gosh, Cape Cod got, got hit with 90-mile-an-hour winds and lots of power outages. But, Rebecca, give us an update on the dogs. One of them... Uh, Flew the coop, did she not? Yes. Um, the dogs are doing well. The dog who had her surgery is doing doing great. Except Sunday, when you were gone, um, driving one of our kids here, there, or there, or both. I'm home in front of my live from home kit, watching a basketball game that I'm going to have to speak on at halftime. And with about five minutes to go in the half, there's knocking at the door. And our 11-year-old is comes and says to me, there's knocking at the door. I said, I know. Are there, are any of your older siblings here? She said, no, dad's not here. Well, I don't want her answering the door as, you know, even though I'm there. So I get up from my live from home kit and I go and I open the front door and there's like four little kids there, little kids, probably age like 10 or 11 neighborhood kids. And one of them has like a leash wrapped around our older dog dog's neck there's no collar and she said your dog was in our yard and we tried to get her back into your yard but we realized she didn't want to come back in the yard because her collar was on and it would zap you know so their dad had taken the collar off and he was like coming across our yard as i'm talking to the kids they've got the dog wrapped up in this like homemade leash collar and I'm just incredibly appreciative to them for returning the dog. And, and the guy comes up and he introduces himself. And I'm like, thank you, thank you. I said, I'm so sorry. Like, I got to go back inside. I'm actually working. Went back in just in time to be able to do our halftime. But, um, yeah, she flew the coop. Whatever was going on at the neighbor's house, she was so excited about it. She left the yard and then wouldn't return. So thank thank goodness for the neighbors for returning the dog. I I would have not known she was gone. She went yard. Yes. Uh, Brian in North Carolina, right? A completionist. Apex, North Carolina. What a a great town name. Apex. A-P-E-X? A-P-E-X. That is a great name. Short and sweet to write on envelopes. Steve and Rebecca, you mentioned getting the roll, towel, t-shirt, short socks at the Gample Pavilion cage. What a great memory. As a 1992 grad and former employee in Gample, getting the roll from the cage was a great way to cut down on doing your own laundry. Get the roll, work out, turn in the sweaty gray cotton workout gear, and head home. Brian Apex Completionist. Yeah, he's absolutely right. It, 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 the, I'll say this. The gray workout gear was not flattering on every form. That was Perhaps, 90s heavy... Yeah, champion the, the shirt was and then the shorts were like the opposite of that they were double ply nylon mesh no they were cotton oh like thin cotton though that is going to show off everything whether it was good things or bad things and so um but it's true you didn't have sweaty laundry that you were uh you were bringing home every day Dear Raleigh and Durham writes uh from, from apex no this is this is uh 
although Apex is in North Carolina. This is from Alfred. Dear Raleigh and Durham, in episode 199, you talked a little about pencil grades. There's a wide range of pencil lead grades, and there are several grading scales. As far as we knew, there was just one and two, Rebecca. Would you like to hear them? Yes. The grades generally indicate the hardness. Different grades are useful for different applications. For example, softer grades are useful for artistic sketches and drawings. What did I say? Along the Seine, harder grades are useful for mathematical and technical purposes. The U.S. number two grade is equivalent to the European TM grade. It is useful for writing and linear drawing. You, the, the, in Europe, like like the U.K. has different. We have uh, eight and a half by eleven yeah. standards, but they have something called I think it's A12 as their standard uh, paper size. Paper size, yeah. Wikipedia has an excellent article. C5 grading and classification. Rebecca. We're going deep on uh, pencil grading Wikipedia pages. Right. Okay. It's, it's, it's zagging where others might zig. Right. Oh, this comes from Alfred and Elizabeth of Marquette University, classes of 88 and 87. Passions other than people. Dogs are people too. Coffee. Just tried Jimmy Butler's Big Face brand. Have you tried that, Rebecca? You've, you've, you've become a bit seen. of a coffee connoisseur lately. And, and I bought coffee today, actually, at the grocery store. And um, maybe that's my first problem. Maybe I need to go to a coffee shop to buy the coffee grounds but uh or the beans or well then let me be- let me finish uh, Wait, one second coffee it's hard to find coffee now too so i would like to know where do you find jimmy butler's brand big face coffee? I, I think i think you can probably find it anywhere is that what it's called online. but maybe it's big only face out brand. In, the, in the chicago milwaukee area i would imagine it would be in the miami area as well oh, maybe Basketball, especially Marquette, Miami Heat, and Milwaukee Bucks, and cars, especially light, nimble, and quirky cars, plus Formula One. As uh, uh, music to, to Dr. Gary Siegel's ears. Did you say something a little bit ago about addressing an envelope? Yeah, if you're addressing an envelope to Apex, North Carolina, yes. you're, it's six letters A P E X N C. Okay. Yesterday if morning. If you're addressing a letter to South Glastonbury, Connecticut, you've got, you've got you your work cut letters. out. Yesterday morning, our son said to me, he was printing out a letter. Um, that they had written to somebody for school. And he said, I need to address the envelope. And this is the address. And he said, hello, envelope. (laughs) And he didn't know how. And so, which was part of the assignment. So I just went and grabbed an envelope that had come in to us. And I said, this is is what you do. You like, you line up everything on the left side. It goes right in the middle. But of course, I mean, we've had him write thank you notes for presents. Um, but I think we've always then addressed the envelope. Yeah, like he's it, written the note, but we've addressed the envelope. So I, I watched he needed him, to learn. I watched him do that. And then he, 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 I gave him a roll of stamps and he, and he peeled off a forever stamp. And, and looking confused, he, he, he's put it on his forehead. So I think we really do have to do some remedial work with the um, yeah. addressing envelopes. Hi, Steve, writes our patent attorney, Ed, in Maryland. Those little half-moon reading glasses that you discussed recently, we should call them Chuck Schumers, much as we used to call those old-school basketball shoes Chuck Taylors. <laughs> That's, That's right. Ing- I mean, I could I, I could be wearing two pair of Chucks right now, my Chuck Taylors and my Chuck Schumers. You could. Uh, I, I, I'll probably do that later today. Thanks, uh, Ed. Uh, hi, Rebecca and Steve, writes Patty with an I. I'm not sure I can be considered a completionist since I am Denny's mother and always listen to things he is involved in. I love the podcast. I have listened to every episode. This is from Patty Gallagher. Hello, Patty Gallagher. And yet, Patty with an I, it's Denny with a Y. Only one N. Right. Patty with two T's. Okay. I, I you got follow. this? Yeah. Are you keeping score at home? Okay. You're not going to have time to hobnob once you have an empty nest. Well, I think we've just, we've seen our empty nest, uh, 
laying before us this last two weeks, and I, it is it is it is separate rooms. And I have no I have no need to hobnob now that I have Skipbo. That's true. Uh, like I do with Denny, you will continue to worry about everything they do. I've been pretty good with my concern about his cross-country drive. Thank you, Rebecca, for worrying about his drive with me. It's nice to have company in that. I'm sure his older brother, Billy, with a Y and two L's, wishes I had learned the following when he was the first one out of the nest. One, and, and let's commit these to memory, Rebecca. Yes. One, I will not stalk my adult kids. <laughs> I can't promise. Do you think you, you think you probably will? Who knows? Two, I will not hack into their social media accounts and publicly post a question asking if anyone has seen them. (laughs) I won't do that. Three, I will refrain from calling the state police to see if there are any accidents reported on the route he is driving. I wonder how many phone calls like that state police get. And four, of four, I will not watch the clock and try to figure out at which rest area he will stop and call me. (laughs) Well, that was, yeah. I was going to say that's back when you needed to stop to make the call. But I guess to be safe, you want to stop at a rest area and to use your phone. But, but honestly, if Denny is calling you from the Vince Lombardi or Joyce Kilmer rest area in New Jersey, he hasn't made it very far. That is very true. I will not confirm nor deny that I have done any of these things, but I am sure Denny is happy that I have learned restraint. I do recommend the location sharing on Google Maps. We have a... We haven't had kids driving any great distance, but isn't there? Don't you put something on the phone and then you see where they are, where they are, and how does that work? Is that the Google Maps thing she's talking about? Well, there's um, all of our, you know, our we have iPhones, so we can always do we can always see where our kids are in terms of that. But um, my friends, when when their kids have started driving, have an app, and it tells them how fast the car is going that the kids are in whether they're driving or a passenger and um, tells the exact location as well. So there's there's a variety, I believe, of apps that help you stalk your children more closely. Uh, our next viewer mail, thank you, thank you, Patty. Thank you uh, for the Gmail and for uh, blessing us with young Denny Gallagher. This comes from Chris in Connecticut. Dear Stephen Rebecca, congratulations on 200 episodes. Thank you both for so many weekly insights into your life. Some notes from uh, episodes 198 and 199, and, and these are enumerated, Rebecca. You'll like this. They're, they're, the, would you like to hear their enumerations? First, number two, C, the Roman numeral four, and the regular le- number five. Mm-hmm. Okay. First, like Rebecca, I'm left-handed. Unlike her, unlike her, I play some sports lefty and others righty. For instance, I play... I shoot a basketball and bowl right-handed because the person who taught me was right-handed. I tried to learn to golf right-handed. It didn't, it didn't take. The swing was off. Baseball left-handed and always made sure I brought my own glove if we played at school. My lefty glove in the 80s Little League was a model attributed to Roger Clemens, a righty. Uh, I, meanwhile, uh, when I played football in high school, I played my 10th grade season as a center. After the first day of snapping the ball left-handed, the QB didn't like how he received the ball. The offensive coordinator came over and asked why I would use my left and promptly told me to switch because it was more important that the QB felt comfortable. I learned to do so quickly, but I was a guard my last two seasons and always put my left hand down in a three-point stance. That's interesting. It is interesting. I wonder if there's any benefit to the side of the field you play or anything based on um, which hand you put down. Like in, in basketball, if, if in youth basketball, if a kid's, you know, all kids are strong hand dominant. If a kid's left hand is strong, like you do things for him to go left. Do you know? Do you know who the? You know, like I just wonder if there's an equivalent in football. Do you know who the most, uh, the the world's foremost uh, authority on the three point stance is? Who? Don Russian. 
Papadon. Papadon. I've, I've got, we have a photograph of him upstairs in his three-point stance at, the, at Purdue. Right hand down, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then you, you spring out of that with short, choppy steps and, and use your, your right forearm to give the forearm shiver. We, we all learned this as eight-year-olds. Forearm shivering our, our so opponents think in football. maybe if you're lefty, you'd be on the left side. No, our forearms at the time were, were pretzel sticks. <laughs> And uh, the, the, the shivering was uh, the shivering of timbers was well, not very. If anyone who listens knows football, youth football or high school football, let me know if there's any anything you do strategically with a lineman who's lefty versus righty. Uh, like both of you, I was never a coffee drinker for much of my life. Likewise, I do not use the snooze button. However, two things have changed: that COVID nineteen, the pandemic, turned me onto the joys of a daily cup of coffee, and I got hooked at forty. Meanwhile, as for the snooze button, my wife is a snooze pusher. We're both teachers, and our alarms go off at 5, 10, and 5, 15, respectively. I mean, unless you're sleeping in separate rooms, the separate alarms really, I mean, it's like the no smoking section on an airplane back in the day when the guy in front of you in row four was was smoking like a chimney. So, you know, really? If you, know. one alarm, one nightstand is, uh, doesn't wake you up on the other night? Uh, I off like well usually I'll try to set the alarm on my watch but if I've set it on my phone I will often wake up and it's weird how your body does this like a minute or two before the alarm goes off and it makes me so happy when that happens so that I don't wake you up like I wake up look ah I beat the alarm turn it off and then you're good uh she, we're both teachers, our alarms go off at 5, 10, and 5, 15. Her alarm goes off first. She hits the snooze and doesn't get out of bed until my alarm goes off five minutes later. So he is really her snooze uh, right. alarm. Therefore, I lie there waiting to go brush my teeth because I get the shower first. After nearly 20 years, we have our morning routine down to, well, a clockwork. Rebecca, you made a recent plea to people walking by the house who hear the barking dogs who are inside the house. I'm wondering, do you often hear inside dogs barking when you go by on the street? Yeah, I do. When, yeah, Absolutely. We do. When we take our dogs for a walk. Uh, Chris never does, uh, which, uh, makes him concerned about his the quality of his hearing at age 41. Five. And finally, are, uh, are you looking forward to the Winter Olympics? Well, we're in the Winter Olympics now. And, and I have to say, I've watched, uh, nary a minute of them. I know. I, I feel, I don't know why. It has I, nothing to do with the Olympics. Why should I, I feel guilty? I feel a little guilty. I've not watched a bit of it I, and I don't care a bit about it. I, I don't feel guilty. I've, I, I covered many Winter Olympics. I love the Winter Olympics. Um, but, uh, but our, our nighttime routine doesn't really, um, accommodate primetime television viewing. I, I should be, ca- I mean, I'm reading about the Winter Olympics. It would have been nice for me if the Olympics started a week ago when I'm quarantining all day. I probably yeah. would have had the TV on at least having some Olympics on in the background. Uh, which sports are you looking forward to? Do your children enjoy the Winter Games? I generally love the Olympics for some strange reason. I'm fascinated by international competition in the winter biathlon. I just heard Jerry Seinfeld's routine this morning on about the biathlon of, you know, where you do, you know, are there that many alpine assassins out there, you know, who have to ski and shoot? Uh, why not have other events like that? Why not swim a mile? That's what then the biathlon Why, is? Not, swim a mi- why not swim a mile then strangle a guy? Yes, it's it's cross country skiing and then and then uh, uh, riflery like uh, uh, shooting a target. Realize yeah. that was an Olympic sport. Um, well, yes, they race so fast, but the idea of having to do a penalty loop for missed shots really makes for interesting finishes. I wonder if DGS could suggest similar type penalties in Formula One and what types of infractions could earn them. Meanwhile, my family and I pick nations out of a hat, four each, plus everyone gets USA as their fifth, and tally the medal count for both some friendly family competition and the. Uh, 
Stokes cheering for lots of competitors. As a, I like that idea. Yeah, it is. It's good. Adopt a, adopt a nation. With that, I nations. thank you again for and look forward to the next 200 episodes. Chris, height 5'10 and a half, wingspan 72 inches, shoe size 12 double E, shirt size 17 and a half, collar 34, 35, uh, sleeve, weight, and BMI withheld. 12 double E? I don't. I don't know what the what the letters really. I, I've never. I've never. Chris I've never. Chris has got himself a wide foot. That's he's what got I'm a wide foot. You. Okay. Oh, can I just throw in something? Because I, I mentioned already. I was at the grocery store earlier today, and while I was in the parking lot before I went in, I was in the parking lot for a little while because I was on the the phone talking to my brother. I get a text message from our oldest saying, "Oh, by the way, if you go to the grocery store, I need." And she sent me a picture of the shampoo that she needs. And then as I was about to check out, I get a text from our other high schooler saying, you know, if you go to the grocery today, can you get these things? Well, I'm realizing now that they both knew I was at the grocery store because all they had to do was look at their, like, not the find my That's iPhone, what they were doing, right? Yeah. All they had to do was be like, oh, I wonder if mom's at the grocery store. And all they did was click on it. Oh, she's there. I'm going to put in my order. I thought it was just happenstance, coincidence. No. Of course not. Also, the empty uh, cupboards probably led them to well, think that you Well, they knew I was going me. today, but still. Good morning, Rebecca and Steve, writes Rachel. Uh, episode 200, who would have thought? As a viewer, it has been a fun ride. Exhibit A, I have also joined the ranks of buying a pair of Candace Parker shoes. I teach physical education, so I try to have good shoes for class. My husband and I went to a Utah jazz game last week, got to say hello to Holly, and noticed that... Uh, uh, Bogdanovich started for the Jazz, whereas the Adidas Exhibit A. He is the first NBA player that I've noticed wearing them. Thought it was cool to see. Uh, that's Exhibit A. One. This is her second item. Is one. Connect four. How has Holly not played? Her nieces have let her down. She's still not played. I, I take. Well, it was. Of course, she still has not played. Well, she we play, she's played. She played yeah, that she's, night. She has played. Yeah. I doubt she's played since. She's unless she's playing courtside at one of the many events she's covering. B, physical comedy, one of your favorite things, Rebecca. I can't say I'm a huge fan of it either, but Lucille Ball and Carol Burnett are my favorites. Roman numeral three, reclassifying. I'm okay with it when, as an adult, they make their own decision. This is this is when uh, kids repeat eighth grade or right. repeat twelfth grade to uh, improve or any their grade between to improve their stakes 12th. in in sports. Yes, generally basketball. Yes. Uh, it's when they hold them back in middle school that it bothers me. I'm a middle school teacher and coach, and we have a rival school with a 15-year-old eighth grader. All the best to you. Uh, keep the laughs coming, Rachel in Idaho. Thank you, Rachel. I want to know, R- Rachel, do you have a hard time keeping your Candace Parker shoes tied? Those round laces are, are not ideal for basketball shoes, and, and maybe it's just when an 11-year-old wears them, they have a hard time staying tied. Just curious if um, if you have to repeatedly tie your Candace Parkers. Hey, Stephen Rebecca, writes uh, John. Congratulations on show 200. It's so wonderful listening each week and finding so much laughter as I drive to work. Thank you, John. I wanted to say thank you for all you do and letting us inside your lives for an hour a week. It's such a great time hearing about your travels, Rebecca. It's great to hear from all the listeners and the joy your podcast brings. I'm a completionist and enjoy it very much. Well, that's nice, John. Thank you. Thank you, John. We appreciate that. Um, th- this next one comes with attachments. And uh, the attachments, I believe, are of canned meat. Ooh. And the the, the Gmail, uh, to ballandchainpod at gmail.com is the address, is of uh, is, is headed canned meat. Hi, Restiva. It's your resident Husky Eagle, Mary, chiming in from East Hampton, Mass. I'm hoping to be part of your bicentennial broadcast. 
consider it done. In a prior email, I mentioned finding a rugby essay by Steve at my local community center. Today, I'd like to give a major shout out to this community center as they have been doing a massive food pantry operation since COVID-19, the pandemic started. I personally am not food insecure, but I know that many of my fellow citizens are not so lucky. The center is in my neighborhood and I walk by it almost every day. I'm sharing a photo of the Western Mass Food Bank truck and a couple of pictures of, cue the uh, fanfare, canned meat. Uh, And indeed, there is a a can, it looks like a paint can, Rebecca, that just has pork on the side of it and another one that says beef. Uh, I wasn't aware that canned meat was a thing until I heard about it on the podcast. And within, within a week, I saw it for myself. Uncanny, pun intended. Lakeside, the brand, is a Midwestern outfit with a Wisconsin headquarters and plants in Minnesota. Maybe you've heard of them. No, but if their name is Lakeside, it's appropriate that they would be right. uh, have a Minnesota uh, plant. Although it's odd that a that canned meat comes from a plant. Mm. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> Proceed. I've written in previously mentioning my plan to attend the rescheduled Rugby World Cup in New Zealand in the fall. I remember that. Hope it happens without having to self-isolate for 10 days. On the subject of rugby, I'd like to recommend a book, if you haven't read it, Playing the Enemy, by John Carlin. The movie Invictus is based on the book, but the book is so much better than the movie. Carlin is a journalist, and the book goes into the backstory of Mandela's release, his presidency, and his genius to unite people through sport. It's one of my favorite books. I will look for that. We did enjoy Invictus. Our son enjoyed Invictus, I remember. Finally, can you confirm if the address below works to send something to you? Uh, It does indeed. Still hoping for swag. Hint, hint, and your kid kid reporter is a star. Mary, Mary, my bad. And if you bad, do have to self-isolate will... for the Rugby World Cup, make sure you have a friend and a, a stack of skippable cards. Mary, I'm uh, saving this this Gmail as new so that I can remember to send you swag. Um, did um, is there is there an address? There there must be an address there. Uh, let's see. Uh, our next Gmail comes from. Uh, Chuck and daughter Claire. Uh, congrats on the bicentennial pod, writes Chuck. Recall the recent reference to palindromic numbers. In homage, etymology appears to be a mix of Middle English with some French thrown in. It's the best I could do. In homage to DGS, here's a recent photo I took of my car. Uh, let's see this 20,002 miles. 20002. Ooh. Palindromic mileage. We love palindromic mileage. Uh, My daughter was one of the kids at the Yukon game. You signed her Yukon shirt, which is now framed in her room. She'll soon be tracking her Hero Holly's movements to see if the two of you will be doing a WNBA game when the dream season gets going in a few months so she can try and meet her too. This is from Atlanta. This is Chuck from Atlanta. Yeah, when they did Yukon Georgia Tech. Yep. From emotional support animals to funny travel stories with frozen White Castle meals mixed in for good measure, the weekly banter never ceases to entertain. Congrats on the pod and in particular 200 episodes. Keep up the good work, Chuck and daughter Claire. P.S. would love some BNC swag if that's still a thing. It is still a thing. I just have to send it out, so I'll save this as new, and we'll send you some swag to Chuck and Claire. Thank you. Uh, Steve, formatted down from Stephen with a PH, so as to fit your television screen, uh, writes, Dear Steve and Rebecca, first of all, congratulations on reaching episode 200 of the Ball and Chain podcast. This is like being Tom Sawyer at our own funeral, Rebecca. That's right. we're, we're, we're around to hear the eulogies. A milestone to be celebrated, certainly, and here's hoping the streak continues. As I pondered what might be a fun way to celebrate the milestone, it occurred to me there must be a few interesting facts out there about the number 200, and lo and behold, there are. I thus present to you, the B and C faithful, the following. In enumerated list 
form as is most befitting in events such as this one. 200 is the smallest base 10 unprimable number, meaning that it can't be made a prime number by changing just one of its digits to any other number. As an English major in college, I have no earthly idea what that means, but it seems like an interesting way to start. Rebecca, do you have any idea what that means? Not really. Two, 200, 200 is the exact number of NASCAR Cup Series races won by the great Richard Petty. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Three, according to the September 22nd, my birthday again appears in this podcast, Rebecca, the September 22nd, 2020 issue of Rolling Stone, the 200th greatest album of all time is Chardet's Diamond Life, which includes her hits Smooth Operator and Your Love is King. Great songs, a great album. And Rebecca, do you know what I, I always find amusing about Smooth Operator? Did you call her Chardet? Yes. Isn't it Chardet? I've always heard it pronounced Chardet, and I will continue to pronounce it Chardet, even though there's not an R in it. I don't think there's supposed to be an R. Well, we're, we're going to look into that. The only okay. Chardet I know is Chardet Houston. Yeah, who that has an R. She, and hers has an R in it. Yeah, yep. yeah. But I think she was... The musical the, artist was Sade. The, the only the only authority I will accept on this is is the musical artist herself. All right. Okay. And we'll we'll look for an interview in which she pronounces her name. Okay. Uh, but what I find interesting about Smooth Operator and, and why she may not be a uh, a reliable narrator, Rebecca, is mm-hmm. because she says she sings, and I love the song, coast to coast, L.A. to Chicago. Oh right. Well, you don't trust her geography. It doesn't mean you don't trust her pronunciation. Okay. okay. Um, four, if a song is 200 seconds long and you play it in a continuous loop for an entire day, you will hear that song 432 times, which seems excessive. I think we're, we're approaching that with uh, We Don't Talk About Bruno from Disney's Encanto by yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, we're getting close. Uh, some years ago, a radio station in Minneapolis changed its format over a weekend and played the song It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M. continuously from Friday at 6 8, uh, p.m. until Monday at 5 a.m. when this new station signed back on, that song is 244 seconds long. So by my calculations, listeners have the opportunity that weekend to hear the song over 870 times. Maybe that's what we should have done for our 200th episode. Just had Denny replay It's the End of the World as We Know It however many times in a row. This is interesting. According to thegreatestbooks.org, the 200th greatest book is The World According to Garp by John Irving. Uh, interestingly, readgeek.com lists its 200th choice as A Prayer for Owen Meany, also by John Irving. Uh, I've read both of those books in in their tiny paperback formats with with print that I could probably no longer read. But I hadn't read The World According to Garp, which is which is great, uh, until maybe two summers ago when I bought it at a used bookstore in Cape Cod in it in its original twirly rack airport twirly rack, yeah, like bantam paperback. Do you think two hundred is if those books were side to side, which one should be one ninety nine? Oh no, no, which I mean, it, it, I mean it, it, it's 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 an absurd uh, <laughs> construct. What is what is ranking the greatest books of all time? Yeah, that's you know, I was silly. reading a book recently, uh, "The Warmth of Other Suns" by Isabel Wilkerson, about the southern migration of 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 uh, African Americans in the from nineteen hundred ish to nineteen seventy from the south usually the rural south, to the cities of the north. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking from the early pages, this could be one of the three or four best books I've ever read. And yeah. I think I, I, that opinion held up. I mean, it, it's it's an incredible book. What's the name of the book? I mean, it's, it's, it's widely, widely acclaimed, The Warmth of Other Suns. It came out in 2010. It's, 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 it, it, it's mostly told through... Three people, a, a, a sharecropper in Mississippi, a woman and her husband, a uh, guy who, who dropped out of college and ended up picking fruit in, in Florida. 
he moved to Harlem. The woman in Mississippi moved to Chicago. And, um, and a middle-class guy from Monroe, Louisiana, whose parents were educators, and he became a doctor and moved to Los Angeles. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. Would it be, make the AP top 25? You know, it's, it's ludicrous. It's so, so subjective, but this book is objectively uh, great. Uh, the 200th day in any non-leap year is July 19th. Uh, in 1910, Cy Young won his 500th game. There's, so there's lots of 200 facts here. Um, uh, an odd grouping of facts to be sure, but fun nonetheless. I add the last one only to serve as a thank you to the two of you for sending out positive energy 200 times into the universe. That is the BNC podcast family. That one is, if your angel number is the number 200, according to the secret of the tarot, then apparently you are in the good books of the universe and into your life will come the energies you need to accomplish your goals and dreams. I think that book is, is composed entirely of, of fortune cookie slips. Might be. But we appreciate the sentiment, Steve, and um, keep up the correspondence from the northern suburbs. Alex writes, uh, Hi, Steve and Rebecca. Heartfelt congratulations on entertaining your listeners, sharing your family life and humor for 200 episodes. We're all grateful. Here's to another enjoyable 200, hopefully with no further pandemics. Checking in. Height? Rebecca, would you care to, to uh, guess Alex's height? Alex's height. Um, five eleven and a half. 6'6", weight 200, wingspan 80 inches, 6 feet 8 inches, BMI 23, temperature 97.9, Oxford comma, yes, <laughs> passions ranked, passions ranked. Hold on, he sent a temperature. 97.9, not a KS95, but uh, Oxford comma, yes, passions ranked. Now, yeah. he'll, he, he's not afraid to rank his passions. One, watching and coaching hockey. Two, downhill skiing. Three, contract bridge. Four, silently correcting grammar. Seems like he's a perfect candidate to be watching the Olympics and making fun of the broadcasts. An enumeration of thoughts for the 200 extravaganza. One, your discussion about left-handedness, including a viewer's mom starting a store for left-handed items, made me and I'm sure many other viewers think of Ned Flanders and his Leftorium at the Springfield Mall. Of course, of course, I forgot that Ned Flanders had opened a Leftorium at the Springfield Mall. The same type of store featuring left-handed implements. Not sure if Ned Stock rulers, the Simpsons creator Matt Groening, is left-handed. I did not know that bit. Two, I love hearing from your viewer, Tough Schist, because that name always makes me laugh. As the show's residential, uh, resident deferential, I appreciate the multiple monikers. Might be unorthodox, but if it is acceptable, I'd like to apply for another resident status, Minnesota Nice. That's G-N-E-I-S-S. Nice is high-grade metamorphic rock, like Led Zeppelin. Minnesota Nice. I like that. Perhaps we could have a summit someday where Tough Schist debates Minnesota Nice in a or, or even has they have like a MMA or or a chess match or something tough schist versus Minnesota Knights with with helmets clashing and, and explosions mm. I can see the graphics now I like it yeah you've got it Minnesota Knights the dispatches from our new child listener reporter Julianne have been a fun addition keep them coming uh, lots of praise for uh, child reporter Julianne for in honor of 200 episodes I offer an appreciative tribute to both of you to Steve for his supreme cleverness sharp wit self-deprecating modesty and love of good banter you're a fortunate guy, Steve. I, I, I appreciate that, and I, and I um, know that uh, I'm fortunate. Thank you. To Rebecca for her infectious good humor, endless patience with you-know-who, and world-class good-naturedness. You're a worthy role model and a model human being, Rebecca. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> you had an expression that, that said, why, yes, I am. Well, okay, then. Uh, again, congrats and thanks. You're Minnesota nice. Alex from St. Paul. Alex, thank you. Uh, and uh, thank you for for including your BMI. It's it's It uh, really makes the... Makes the whole thing. Makes the whole I wish thing. He, he included his foot width. Penultimate. Well, it's a double E, surely. Or it must be. 
penultimately, uh, Andy in Connecticut writes, Dear Stephen Rebecca, congratulations on reaching your 200th podcast. That episode has been enjoyable to listen to the foibles, trials, not the jury ones, and accomplishments of the good family Russian. It has also been great to participate as I'm doing now. Denny formed the title of an episode after the subject of one of my earliest viewer mail submissions about the Shell Answer Man. I remember asking... Rebecca asking, Shell the Answer Man? As in, as in the day job of a Borscht Pelt comedian. Shell the Answer Man. I do remember. Do you remember that? Yes. I remember that. I leave you with this. My wife was reading the People's Pharmacy section in The Current recently and said someone wrote in to advocate the use of Vicks VapoRub on one's feet as a nighttime remedy for cough and congestion. The last syllable had barely left her lips, and I immediately said, does that go along with having diamonds on the soles of your shoes? Shananana. Shana, you know the song, right? I do. Uh, I should put Vicks Vapor Rub on the bottom of my feet to Keep repel dog dogs as dog repellent. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. But I'll forget, and I'll get up in the night to go to the bathroom, and I'll and I'll skate down the linoleum and 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 hit my head on the toilet. How did he die? He he had he had uh, greased up the soles of his feet to ward <laughs> off the dogs. Then he got up in the night to use the bathroom and and hit his head on the tub. I thought you said the toilet in the initial. Uh, and then, and then, and worse. then his wife uh, put up a, a tombstone that said, "He bore the br- that that said, I bore the runts, he bore the brunts." And you know, you know what the worst part would have been, if our um, if our guy was working, he would have opened the door to the tub <laughs> so you wouldn't have hit your head on it. True. <laughs> my walk-in tub, yes. Yeah. Well, yes, well, who's it. the guy? Who's the uh, the penalty box attendant? Yes. yes if yes. our penalty box attendant was was working in the overnight shift, you would have been fine. I also immediately noted out loud there was something Steve might have said. Not sure what that says about me. It does not say a flattering things, Andy. But I again offer my thanks to you both for being a source of brightness in the sometimes dreary landscape of our weekly grinds. As always, Andy and. In Connecticut, thank you as always, Andy. Our weekly grinds, Rebecca. That would be a good name for a uh, coffee. coffee That's better shop. than Jimmy Butler's. What uh, was the rest of it? Uh, Big uh, face. I was going to say a strip joint, but your, your yours is better. Yes, absolutely. It's much better. <laughs> okay. This is a family friendly. This podcast. is family friendly, and finally, last but not least, right, Doctor Gary Siegel. Well, never least, DGS. always last. Never least, always last. Put mm-hmm. that in Latin. That's his motto yeah. of his of his of his soon to be. Put uh, that on his pencils, whether they're number one or number two. Number one. I think all of his pencils are number two. Might be. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Doctor Siegel, congratulations on what will be podcast number two hundred. The podcast has been an hour of respite from COVID two thousand nineteen, the pandemic, as well as the politics, news, and shenanigans in the world, all of which seem to be nonstop. Along with the other faithful viewers, I hope that this note finds you and your family well. And I do want to mention that we all await the good news in April when your oldest daughter finalizes her college choice. Do take Kleenex if you need indeed drive her off to school in August. And yes, she'll need that checking account and Venmo. Have we completed the FAFSA papers, Rebecca? Well, the FAFSA papers were completed before the application. Okay, that's true. This shows you how much I know. Yes. You're... Stay in your lane. I don't know know if you could file for an extension, as with the IRS. The intersections of our lives seem to never end, and my first enumerated item is a testament to that. So, without further ado, one, I was away at work on a recent morning at 3 a.m. when our smart speaker, which both answers to the name Siri and has an electrical cord, decided to play music. Mrs. DGS, awakened from sleep, had to come downstairs and silence it. Should this happen again? Well, she'll unplug it. However, like you, neither of us has any clue as to how to use it correctly. It's hard enough to get podcasts or music to play on it. 
and it seems to have a mind of its own. Well, perhaps it's it, it has gained sentience, Dr. Siegel. Perhaps it's uh, artificial. Maybe it's inte- being controlled by the minds of much worse than a robot. We'll keep the helpful hint of covering it with a plastic jug in our, <laughs> in our armamentarium of tools to fight this elusive technology. By the way. Armamentarium, we, yes. Oh, did we already mention that after we'd put the plastic jug on it and we said, you know who, play yeah, whatever, it, she played yes, it. Yes, yes. So the it, plastic it, jug it has achieved did nothing. Hal from uh, 2001, the Space Odyssey status. A related note, Mrs. DGS gave me AirPods for my fall birthday, and they're much better for phone calls than my car's Bluetooth. However, I do think that the AirPods and the smart speaker are, well, smarter than all of us. When he says the car's Bluetooth, you, you don't think he's still wearing one of those Madonna headset Bluetooth, do you? No, I think he's talking about his car's speakers. Is it, is it can I ask you this when I said Bluetooths? Is it Bluetooths, Bluetooths, or blue teeth when you have more than more than one? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, or is it blues yeah. tooth? I'm, 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 I think blue, it, I think for sure it's blue teeth. Has, has anybody seen? One. Has anybody seen either of my blue teeth? <laughs> Two, since I'm the I missed the best NFL weekend ever recently. I did take time to watch the league championship game, although work did get in the way of the Rams 49ers. Perhaps Sam Farmer should be your guest for Podcast 200, since his home team is the Super Bowl is in the Super Bowl. That said, during Podcast 200, when this missive will be read, it is my hope that we hear from Holly Rowe, Denny, and the Golux as well. So here we have it, Rebecca. Sam Farmer, Holly Rowe, Denny Gallery, and the Golux. None of them on this podcast. Uh, we have we have uh, uh, documentary evidence of, of our viewers' disappointment right here, Rebecca. I know, and I am sorry. Three, I'm working hard on completing the most recent season of Drive to Survive, as I had left my viewing laps a bit. It's good to hear and see the cars on track and also to enjoy the colloquial, colorful vocabulary of Haas team principal Gunter Steiner. Gunter is uh, certainly a star of that program. Four, my two granddaughters are very into Paw Patrol, a children's cartoon show with various characters and their accoutrement. He is, he is helpfully highlighted uh, in bold uh, accoutrement. I'm attempting to learn and retain the names of the nine or so pups who are the main characters. And let me tell you, it's no easy task. Somehow, when we're together at Mardi Gras, and when we babysit for one granddaughter for a week in April, I think I'll be up to speed and more regarding a Paw Patrol. How, how sweet is that that Dr. Siegel is willing to memorize the names of the pups in Paw Patrol so that he can be conversant Very uh, sweet. With, his, with his granddaughter? Five, the delivery count so far is a bit slow. Two girls and one boy planned tomorrow. Whoa, two boys and two girls and one boy. That's a slow day for, the, for Dr. Siegel, slow mm-hmm. week for Dr. Siegel. Six, 11-year-old kid reporter Julianne continues to amaze us in every regard. Polite, thorough, relevant, and erudite. Kudos to her parents. I mean, she's getting nothing but uh, five-star Yelp reviews and from our viewers. she's getting what she deserves. Absolutely. Seven, lastly, revisiting and amending a prior topic, I have continued to waste time watching short videos of Letterman's top ten list, finding special enjoyment when famous people are involved and or present the list. Also, an added treat is the old Friday night feature, Will It Float?, that features the comic genius of Letterman and his late announcer, Alan Coulter, as well as the very retro and probably politically incorrect in this era, women dressed scantily and doing onstage acts with shiny hula hoops and a, and a grinder. Please enjoy the attached video. And he does enjoy it, the attached video. When he says a grinder, it's, it's the, uh, the thing that shows off sparks. The, oh, uh, not the coffee no, no, grinder no, like the metallic, what right, you were right. talking about earlier. And he attaches a video. All the best for 200 or more uh, Gary thank you as always Gary I have to say the will it float segment uh, reminds me that my dad who was oh, that's the chair creaking not my knees uh, loved he watched Letterman every night and the will it float thing uh, uh, he hated he, oh, really? he, he it, it almost drove him to to turn the TV off when the will it float came on yes he he was not a fan of <laughs> I think that was part of the appeal of the segment was it's you know it's 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 uh, persistent 
kind of uh, comedic stupidity because it was really just about whether or not a thing would float. But but that was in the spirit of so many of Dave's classic comedy bits, like dropping stuff off of a roof and watching it smash. Rebecca, that's all I got. We've we've run way over time. We'll have to notify our affiliates that we'll be running long tonight. Uh, Your late local news will be will be delayed. Uh, Anything else to say? No gratitude. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you to producer Denny Gallagher, who we should have had on this podcast. Uh, Thank you to all of the various people Dr. Siegel is disappointed not to have had on this podcast uh, over the last two hundred episodes. And we'll make it up to him at some point. We promise to do better. We will. I think right. We, we promise will, to be we better. Will do better. Like like everything, our tenth our tenth wedding anniversary, we're still waiting to celebrate uh, after nineteen years, right? Right. We will celebrate our two hundredth podcast, our bicentennial, soon. Fair enough. On that note, Tom Dick Hari, play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.